Christmas is an amazing time, isn't it? What captures your mind when you think about Christmas? We've been in, uh, in the unit here for a th around about five or six years, uh, and each year um, the centre escape throw away a few more lights, and uh, before they end up in the skip, we grab them. So we've got these lights around the place this year, which is a first for us. Uh, and we had those lights, and we just keep adding lights and lights. Lights is one of the great things about Christmas, isn't it? Uh, we see lights all over the place. I know we've got a few uh, Aussie and New Zealand friends here this afternoon. Great to see you. I've got to admit, I don't think I could cope with the idea of Christmas on one of the longest days of the year. It's something special about Christmas when it's dark and there's little lights twinkling around the place. Uh, it's something really amazing about Christmas and lights, isn't there? Um, is your Christmas tree, I guess your Christmas tree's ready. Um, can, I, can I just have a quick show of hands who had the Christmas tree up in November? All right, okay, right. Yeah, anybody in uh, October? No. Well, that's good. <laughs> Christmas tree lights, what an amazing thing. Um, they're great Christmas tree lights until you've set the tree up and uh, you've put the lights on first uh, and then you start adding all the tinsel and the decorations and all of that and it looks great for about two or three days and then one of the sets of lights goes. That is just, that is just a pain in the neck, isn't it? So that's what happened with us this year. So Rach sets up the Christmas tree brilliantly and um uh, and then gets quite frustrated understandably when one of the sets of lights goes and uh, she says well I'll, I'll nip up to the garden center pick up another set of lights so she she i'll i'll help i'll do my thing and i'll put the lights on and uh, it, ju it was just comical honestly all of the lights that i put on were all on the left hand side of the tree the right hand side was completely dark and it just looked it looked the pits and Rach just kind of jumped in and said very kindly, I'll just do a little bit here and just make it look uh, a little bit better. Christmas tree lights. There's something else about lights, isn't there? There's something very evocative about lights. The fireside, the kind of idyllic sort of log fire burning at Christmas with just maybe candles on in the room and it all creates a sense of amazement uh, what's the best lights that you've seen? I remember years ago we were, we were uh, staying down in uh, Devon and at night time it was so dark there was no lights anywhere around the place and I looked up into the sky and there was just this mass of stars. You know when it's incredibly dark, incredibly clear and you can see more stars than you can in a city or in a town. It was a spectacular Sight, and it just made me realize how actually that the lights are amazing because they stand out in the darkness. It's actually the darkness that makes the lights stand out and look amazing. There's something else about uh, light, isn't there? It's, it's used as a picture, it's used as a metaphor. Um, again, show of hands, we did this last week. See if we've got any more this week. How, how many people have been to see Star Wars? Okay, we've got more this week, yes, yeah, so some of you have been to see Star Wars in the past week. Uh, are you on the dark side or on you are, are you on the side of the others, whatever they are, the Jedis? Uh, are you a dark side or, I've already seen a dark side 
um, stormtrooper teddy bear here this evening, which seemed a bit of a kind of ironic clash of a cuddly teddy bear that was actually a stormtrooper, but there you go, that's, uh, that's 2015, I guess. Um, dark and light is used as a picture, isn't it, of good and evil. It's, it's very powerful. It's something which uh, really hits us. As soon as we talk about being on the dark side uh, in Star Wars, we know that that's, the, that that's the kind of evil side. That's the one that we hope will be defeated. Uh, it takes far more films than we expected for the dark side to be defeated, uh, and it looks like it probably could run on a little bit longer. Light and dark. I don't know how much you know about the Bible, but the story of Jesus, uh, the historical figure of Jesus of Nazareth, is the central event in the whole of the Bible. His life, 33 years, is really the turning point between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Bible split up into two big chunks. The Old Testament is everything that goes before Jesus, and then the New Testament is everything from Jesus on. The first three books of the New Testament, you're probably aware of the term the Gospels, they tell the historical life of Jesus. Not sure if you're aware, but Jesus is one of the characters of the ancient world that we have more historical documents written about than any other historical ancient world figure from history. The reason that we don't think that so much is because we take them as the Bible. Actually, the Bible documents are also historical documents. They are uh, writing about the life of a person. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Matthew and Luke tell us about the nativity. They tell us about the story of Jesus' birth. That's where we get our Christmas story from. Uh, Mark and John don't tell us about Jesus' birth. So in a way, straight away, we can say each of these four books, they're coming from a slightly different perspective. They're, they're coming at this story from different vantage points. That's really important in understanding how the Bible works. Uh, and we come to Matthew. And you know, Matthew, when he talks about the event of Jesus' birth, he talks about light. Light actually features in the account that Matthew brings. In, verse, in chapter 2 and verse 2, we read this. And we're reading here about that famous event of the Magi arriving to meet uh, the, the child, Jesus. Up to two years after Jesus' birth, the Magi arrive. Uh, in chapter 2 and verse 2, we read this. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We all know that story, don't we, of the wise men following the star. Just so that you don't kind of get the wrong idea. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a torch, a great big sort of celestial torch that shined a great big blob of light on the ground. Uh, and they followed it as this kind of light weaved around mountains and over hills and finally arrived at Bethlehem. That's, and then, I don't know about you, but when I was little, I imagined that when this light settled over where Jesus was, it was a star that was probably about 250, 300 foot up in the air. It wasn't that high, and it just shone this light. That's actually not what it was like. 
there was an, an astronomical event which the Magi saw and observed and then they saw that that was the direction in which they would travel and then it reappeared. That's one of the things that we find out. It wasn't there all the time. It reappeared uh, and, and directed them in the direction of Bethlehem. It's an amazing story. But at the same time, what we see is Matthew is keen for us to understand that light features in the birth of Jesus. We come to Luke and uh, he tells us a different account. Matthew talks about the uh, magi arriving. Luke talks about ordinary shepherds in Bethlehem. And chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You can't really plan, can you? Well, most of the time you can't plan. That's just exactly when a baby is going to be born. And yet Jesus was born at night. It seems to me that in the plan of God, it was very specific that Jesus was going to be born at night. Because in the darkness, there was the opportunity for the glory of heaven to shine. Shepherds were there at night. And Jesus was born at a moment of darkness where there was suddenly this breaking in of this incredible, amazing light. Now, I mentioned earlier that uh, Matthew and Luke tell us about the nativity and Mark and John don't tell us about the nativity. In a strange way, though, John does. He tells us about the nativity in a very different way. The reading that we read earlier, in a sense, it's John's nativity. I guess I could tell the story in two ways. I could tell you the events that happened. I could tell you about the Magi arriving. I could tell you about the shepherds arriving. And Again, we have that idea, don't we, that the shepherds turned up uh, as just after Jesus was born. And then uh, ten minutes later, the wise men arrived and they all... Uh, gathered in the stable. In actual fact, it was, up, as I said, up to two years later that the Magi arrived. Very distinct, different timescale. We could tell about those kind of events. We could tell of the stories that went on, the things that happened. That's what interests Matthew in his conveying of the life of Jesus. That's what interests Luke in his conveying of the life of Jesus. And then we come to John, and he tells exactly the same story, but from a different perspective. You see, he wants to tell you what it's about, what it's communicating to us. Matthew tells us about the events, Mark, Luke tells us about the events, and John comes along and he says, I want to tell you what this means. Because light features massively in the meaning nativity that John brings us. When we read through that section, we see that light is one of the words that is repeated again and again. It's an amazing account that John tells us. In other words, he wants us to think about, and I guess in the reading it this afternoon, 2,000 years later, there's the opportunity for us to think about. 
Is the birth of Jesus simply an interesting historical event? Or is it something profoundly important? Is it something that gives us a cutesy opportunity once a year to have a great time and Christmas is a great time? Is it an opportunity for us to create stories around it or is there something massively significant about the birth of Jesus? And John says, yes, the birth of Jesus is profoundly important. It's actually the tipping point of the whole of the world. Everything rests on this little event. The birth of Jesus, it's an incredible thing. He doesn't mention nativity, but he summarises the message. Firstly, he says, light features. Look at verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Light can function in all sorts of ways, can't it? Light can function as a way for us to kind of move around in the darkness. And as soon as I say that, it can mean two things. It can mean literally being in the dark. Literally, that's what light does for us. Pretty much most of us these days, I guess, we carry a torch around with us all the time. Remember when a torch was a really cool present at Christmas time. And there's loads of you thinking the torch has never been cool. (laughs) It's just never... Well, it was for me, but I was sad. (laughs) Torches were great. It was special. And now we just walk around with a torch on our phone, don't we? We've just got light with us all the time. So it can mean an opportunity for us literally to get around in the dark. But John is saying, this kind of light, this light of Jesus, it's a different kind of light. Yes, Jesus is life, and Jesus is light. It's an amazing thing that he says. But what he also, excuse me, what he also says is that that light is a person who is the truth. We live, rightly, I think, in some ways, in a world where there are all sorts of different truths. There are all, we all live by our own truths. There are different truths that we exist by. We exist by uh, maybe a truth which is that this is everything that there is. And we just make the most out of life and we do the best we can uh, and we, we really kind of try to create a... Uh, a foundation for our next generation. And that's my truth. Or you can say, well, actually, my truth is this is all there is. And uh, and I'm going to actually make sure that I get the best out of it. I'm going to make sure that I get the best out of life because, after all, this is all that there is. Well, they're all truths for us to live by, except that what John says is, This truth isn't a truth that we construct for ourselves. This is a truth that has broken into the world from outside of this world. It is a unique truth because it is not constructed by any human being. But is God presenting a dynamic, relevant truth to us. Look at what we read in verse um, 
uh, verse 4, I think, in the, 1 to 4. In the beginning, well, 1 and 4, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's talking about, it sounds kind of confusing that, isn't it? So let me just for a moment replace the idea of Word, which was logos in the Greek, the whole idea of everything that was relevant and important, the source of all possibility, the source of all knowledge, everything that we've been searching for. And John says, actually, that word is Jesus. So let's read that verse 1 again. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. That's effectively what John is saying. But Jesus isn't just Jesus, he's the word. Within him is everything. He says, and then verse 4 says, in him was life. Isn't that an amazing thought? That the word becomes a person. The truth is embodied in Jesus. Well, that's great. Except for one thing, you might say. Jesus was 2,000 years ago. So what? So what today? Well, verse 5 says something fascinating. Firstly, it reminds us that Jesus is light. It says the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. We live, don't we, in a pretty... Sadly, a pretty dark world. We do. Christmas is one of those strange moments where historically we, we hear it repeatedly uh, over the radio. The Band-Aid single, Do They Know It's Christmas? Some of us are old enough to actually remember that first time round. Christmas was a moment which reminded us at that point that we live in a pretty dark world. In fact, the privilege that we have, the freedom and the liberty that we have, the, the bounteous provision that we have is precisely the reminder that tells us that we live in a dark world. Because we look around and we see in comparison, this world is a dark place. But, you know, it's not just about having things that makes it light. It can be a dark place, can't it? Even with stuff. Even with things, the world can still be a dark place. We can be surrounded by people and astoundingly lonely. We can be surrounded by provision and yet deeply empty. All of those things are true. We live in a world which is a dark world in lots of ways. So why is Christmas so great? Christmas is great because both Matthew and Luke and John, in each of their ways, want to tell us that light has come into the world and that that light is Jesus. Everything about Christmas is centering around that. Uh, sometimes we hear that 
famous kind of comment, let's just remind ourselves what the season is all about. Uh, and I get that. I get that sometimes we want to remind ourselves that, that the season isn't about excess uh, and all of that kind of whether it's eating or whether it's drinking or whether it's giving amazing presents. And we, we just kind of want to remind ourselves that the, se the season isn't about all of that. It's about something far more important. It's about relationship. It's about friendship. It's about love. It's about kindness. It's about generosity. And you know, that is only one layer down in reminding ourselves what Christmas is really all about. We've lost sight, I think, for many in the Western world that there is a deeper, deeper reason for Christmas. And it's that the light has come into the world. True joy is at Christmas. John tells us this in verse 14. He says this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's what's great about Christmas. One of the thing, many criticisms against the idea of God that is, probably carries a great deal of weight is the idea that, this, that God is just this distant being who's kind of wound up the world like a clock, thrown it into existence and disappeared off. It feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? And John says, no, it's not like that. Because the word became flesh. Do you remember when he said at the beginning, he said that the word was with God and the word was God, and now he says the word has become flesh. It's all about God coming into the world. He's made his dwelling among us. You know, one of the ways that God could have been really cruel is to kind of drop into the world and float around above us, untouched by the effects of this world. And John says, no, that's not the case. He made his dwelling with us. He lived with us shoulder to shoulder. He experienced our experiences. He lived our lives. He knew the challenges. He knew the pain. He knew what it was to be deserted. He knew what it was to be abandoned. He knew what it was to be hungry. He knew what it was finally to be, uh, to be treated unfairly and unjustly and he knew what it was to suffer physically and to die. He made his dwelling among us. He really lived with us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John wants us to understand that it is possible even 2,000 years later, to see the glory of God. That's what he's trying to get across. The glory of God is seen in the life of Jesus in this world. Jesus said himself, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus, effectively, is what he's saying. What kind of God is it? He's the kind of God who is gentle, who is compassionate, who, is, who does not tread on those who are weak. He is one who is finally willing to sacrifice himself for the sake of others. That's what God is like, Jesus says. But he is also the light in our lives, potentially, 
In verse 9 it says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Does that mean everyone? I think actually what John means is that that light is the light for everyone who actually recognizes the light, who sees the light. You know, when, when I was in Devon, it really struck me that I could have just carried on walking. I, I, yeah, I'd have had a torch because it was dark. I could have just carried on walking. I could have ignored this spectacular sight above me. But it actually caused me to stop relying on my light and to look up and to see something which was absolutely breathtaking. And in a sense, Jesus is bringing that challenge to us. Are we going to stop relying on us? And are we going to pause and look at him and see that he is the light? What does light do? It's not just out there, is it? It does something in this direction. For those who have come to know Jesus as the true light, what we have seen is that he is our light in the darkness. He is our light in the darkness. In this dark world, faith in Jesus Christ is the one thing that ultimately brings hope. There are moments when everything else has gone and yet faith in Jesus cannot be taken away. But he also, by bringing that light, he helps us to understand what the darkness is really all about. We can't make out the darkness. We can't understand darkness without light, can we? We actually need light to understand that it's dark. And you know what? Maybe that's one of the things that Christmas could bring for us today, this year, this Christmas season, is an understanding that we are potentially not even understanding that we are in darkness. And yet suddenly, in a moment, the light of Jesus might make sense, might shed light into our own inner thoughts, fears, concerns, rebellions, might shed light into the world that we understand around us, which is so dark. Christmas is a great time. But it's great because the light has come into the world. I want to just wish you all a very, very happy Christmas. A joyful, light-filled Christmas. I hope you're going to go back tonight, wherever you're heading back to, and have a great evening. I hope you get up tomorrow and have a fabulous day. Everybody here at Christ Church wishes you a great Christmas. But more than that, I hope that there is the opportunity for you just to pause and to think, what does this really mean? What does light really mean?